research has found that violent video games are far more likely to be blamed for school shootings carried out by white gunmen as opposed to black gunmen. That's the topic up for discussion on today's show. So welcome back to another episode of Bed Letter. I'm your host, Christian Ashleman, and this is the podcast where we chat a little bit about human psychology and mental health, social change, and cultural trends. So this is the 10th episode of Bed Letter. We made it to 10. Hell yeah. If you enjoy what you've heard on the past episodes or what you hear on this episode, be sure to follow on whatever platform you prefer to listen on. You know, Bedletter is found on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, Google Podcasts, and a whole bunch of other platforms, you know, podcasting platforms as well. Subscribing on those platforms is definitely the best way to stay up to date as more episodes are released. Um, another way you can kind of stay up to date with what is going on in the show and with what I've got going on is to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. It's just at C. Ashleman. There also on, on social media, you can generate discussion, talk about you know what your thoughts and feelings and all this stuff are in regards to this research, what your opinions are, and all that. So be sure to go check those places out as well. I really appreciate it. And if you share it, I really appreciate that as well. Uh, means a lot to me. So let's just dive right into this. Yeah, so today's episode is centered around video game blaming. And when I say video game blaming, what I mean is when, you know, a mass shooting happens, a mass, you know, violent act happens, um, oftentimes what we've seen, you know, depending on the circumstances of the shooting and, and who the perpetrator is and what their background is, a lot of times, you know, violent video games are brought up. They're they're brought into the picture and blamed for the reason that, you know, such and such person did such and such violent act. Especially, you know, when you watch news articles, like news sites, news newscasts and stuff like that, you know, media pundits coming on talking about that. And so this has been a, a hot topic for a long time. And it's it's seen an uh, you know, a recent rise in attention in the wake of the terrible shootings that happened in uh, El Paso last month. And very soon after the shooting there, uh, media pundits, you know, once again began to blame video games for, for this terrible shooting that happened. And uh, immediately following that, uh, that rhetoric kind of resulted in many things, but one of the things that it did result in directly is, you know, stores like Walmart removing video game, like violent video game displays in their stores. Now... I have read that Walmart has said, and, and some of these shootings did happen in Walmart, like in Walmart stores, and so that's kind of why Walmart felt that they had you know, personal skin in the game to do something. Um, but I've also read that Walmart isn't uh, necessarily seeing this as a permanent change that they're doing. It, I've read that it's kind of a temporary thing for a while until you know some of this blows over or whatever, you know, until people forget or whatever it is. You know, they didn't say that exactly, but yeah, they just said it was somewhat of a temporary thing. And I think that this type of rhetoric, this type of blaming is incredibly dangerous because this false spread of of made-up correlations has real societal impact, right? This this false information, this just this blame game has very real and cultural and societal impact. And that's, you know, first and foremost, that it promotes the spread of completely untrue and completely baseless science that does, you know, commits the 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 cardinal sin of science where we say, you know, correlation does not equal causation, which is what they are 
in in effect doing by saying, you know, this person played video games, violent video games, and as such, that is the cause of their, you know, outward anger and violence towards others. And so it promotes this this completely untrue and baseless science that is not that's not how science is conducted or ran to begin with. So this type of rhetoric also uh, warps the view uh, that the public has toward video games and toward people who play video games, right? Because, I mean, the number of people who play video games is huge. It's very, it's, and it's growing all the time, all the time. And it's a huge number. And it's, to be, I mean, to be honest, video games is, it's a legit, they're a legitimate hobby. <laughs> you know, they're, for, and for some, it's a legitimate career as well. You know, you have people who play video games and they're entertainers. They stream their video games on websites like Twitch and they entertain people either with just their their, their own personal, you know, comedic value or just entertainment value or through, you know, skilled gameplay, stuff like that. And so, and for, so for some, this is a career and, and some people also go on to, um, you know, perf- you know, be in tournaments similar to what you'd see for uh, any other sport, you know, like soccer, football, anything like that. They have tournaments where people can win, you know, big prize money and, and people run their career that way. And, you know, people, you know, th- this is all the playing side of the video games. There's also this whole other side of people who are designing these video games and that's their career is designing the games and, you know, creating their art, expressing themselves, doing this, that, and the other with these games. And so it warps, this type of rhetoric warps the view that the public has towards the people who are creating games, the people who are playing these games, and it it just puts those tinted shades on that kind of changes the way that people are seen and kind of blames them and sees them as lesser or dangerous or whatever, you know, whatever adjective you want to throw in there. And, and so that's kind of one, that's what this rhetoric kind of does. And, you know, the most important thing I think that it, that it does that's extremely dangerous and negative is that it leads people to believe that one thing, one specific thing can be a direct cause of something else which is pretty much never the case with things, right? Especially something this complex that we're talking about. Especially because, you know, mental illness and, and the, the want and desire to inflict pain on other people is a very complex mental illness. It's a very complex mental illness that, that encompasses many different types of um, negative symptoms and, and behaviors and actions and stuff like that. And so to take... This rhetoric that says one thing causes another thing, it, it kind of trains our brains to look for scapegoats and believe in this this idea that correlation is causation. When when the reality of it is these things are extremely complex. They're being caused by many different things, many different scenarios, many different experiences, in both internal and external. And you know this belief that a single scapegoat can be the sole cause of of something, you know, as big and dangerous and, and sad and terrifying as a mass shooting, for example, it, it just is incredibly dangerous and it infringes on the freedom of science. It infringes on the validity of real science. And so this new research that's come out very recently looked to find that uh, 
if if a gunman is white, video games were oftentimes more likely to be blamed for the shooting. So it, it also pull you know pulls in racial stereotyping as well. And this finding was found was published in the Psychology of Popular Media Culture Journal on September 16th, 2019. And it was written and spearheaded by Patrick M. Markey, who is a professor of psych and brain well, psychology and brain sciences at Villanova University. And right out of the gate, Markey states, and I quote, There is no scientific evidence linking playing video, violent video games to horrific acts of violence like homicides or school shootings. And I really love that at the very beginning of this research, right out of the gate, he says, he, he lays that fact down. I love that he immediately debunks that arguing point and uh, that, you know, that the media loves to casually throw about and tout and use as, as, a, as, a, as a talking point and, and as a scapegoat. And because the reality of it, that, that same, that ideology of saying this one thing causes this other thing and that's just how it is. I mean, it's just, it's almost like the same as saying candy has sugar in it, right? So by that fact, if you eat candy, well, first off, I should say, you know, sugar has been shown that it can, you know, make you gain weight if you eat a lot of it and stuff like that. So it's like them saying, oh, if you eat candy, then you are fat, right? That's just totally baseless. That's baseless science that's looking at pure correlation and and saying that it's that it is causation instead of a correlation because the reality is that's just not how it is right i just love that right at the beginning and right out of the gate he debunks that that talking point that's used so often but he goes on to say another quote that i really liked um he says in fact research done by numerous scholars from psychology communication criminology sociology and economics Examining such violence have found that when people are consuming violent video games, societal violence decreases. Societal violence decreases. And he, and I, I love that he doesn't just say, there is no evidence that these are linked, right? He says that at the beginning there, but he doesn't just say that. He immediately backs it up with this counterpoint that actually shows that it's the flip. The flip is true. The flip side of that coin is true. He, and, and furthermore, he doesn't just talk about, you know, in the psychology field, we figured this out, or in the sociology field, we figured this out. I love that he brings in all these other science realms, these other science, these subjects. You know, he brings in economics and communication and criminology. He pulls all of these different, these different veins of science, and these veins of study into his point here. And I really appreciate that. I really like that he is able to to prove that point through bringing in all these different these different subjects. And when I read this, I really liked it because it, it kind of immediately made sense to me that uh, you know people consuming violent video games has the potential to decrease uh, societal violence. And I like and my own guess for that would be obviously I didn't pour through all these other you know all of those specific fields of research and find out why exactly. But my own my own guess for this would be that you know gaming oftentimes allows people to let off steam, right? It, it oftentimes, you know, it allows people to, you know, submerse themselves in another world that is different from our own. And it allows them to take a break from our own world and the stresses of our, you know, wh whether it be work or school or 
family stuff or you know whatever it allows us to kind of escape from those things for a while and take a break and let off steam in that way similar to anything else you know reading a book whatever and it gives people something to fill their downtime with right and not only that since it's a you know a legitimate hobby like i said earlier it, it, to be honest video gaming is has a very low entry level right a very low like price point of entry level in reality it's not that compared to many other types of hobbies it's not that you know difficult or crazy to get involved in video gaming whether it just be buying a you know whatever the current console is for you you know xbox playstation even computer games whatever um it's it's really quite an easy thing to get into and it's also something that is open and available to everyone it's not something that is uh you know is barred by this high level high skill cap for example it's something that you know depending on the game you're playing at least you can anybody can be uh, involved with and so it's a very open hobby it's a very low entry level open hobby open hobby compared to many other hobbies which are um, can tend to be very you know difficult to get involved in where you have to train up your skill you know like I don't know rock climbing you know things like this where you're buying gear and, and the price points add up very quickly and you know stuff like that and so relatively it's a very low entry level to get involved in so you know the research they did was to see if uh, racial stereotyping might be to blame for video game blaming right and so what they did for the research specifically is they had 169 undergraduate students read fake news stories about a school shooting and again, these are fake news stories. They they just made up these these articles, and they they were articles about somebody committing a school shooting, and they had these 169 undergraduate students read these fake news articles, and in the in the fake news articles, they had some that were some school shootings that were committed by an 18 year old man, who was um, it was always it was always uh, the person who committed the the shooting was always somewhat of a video game enthusiast in these fake articles and they the stories included a mugshot of the shooter and that person was either um, depending on the article it was either white a white man or a black man and what they found is that participants were way more likely to believe video games were to blame when it was a white shooter and they found that even among participants who enjoyed playing video games themselves right and so, um, which I found that point very fascinating because just for me personally, I've looked at this research a lot just because, you know, whenever it comes to, to school shootings and stuff, whenever people start, you know, throwing around the blame towards different things and different things in life, I always have been of the, of the opinion that you have to look at the mental illness first because that's where things kind of begin and that's where things start um, because the, the desire to go and just shoot innocent people is not something that is... A very I guess you could say it's not it's not something that's a very human characteristic or behavior to do or to want to do without having some form of mental illness you know and so yeah they found that even among participants who enjoyed video games themselves they also they, they would also um, more often than not blame when it was a white person who was the one doing the shooting they would blame video games for the white shooters as opposed to the black shooters um, they also found that those who don't play video games were way more likely to blame video games for the shooting, which also made sense to me because m many times when people don't play video games, they just see them as this 
silly thing, this nerd thing, this thing that's, oh, they're violent, oh, they're this, they're that, you know, just a bunch of assumptions. So that does, that does, you know, make sense to me. And the article I read didn't really provide the races of the participants in the study, um, which, which I would be very curious to see how those responses varied across white and black communities specifically, um, since that's kind of what they were dealing with in the fake articles that they were, they were given out and having people read. And I think that they should have they should have kind of had that demographic as opposed to how they varied because what they focused on was how they varied across people who were video game players themselves or not video game players, which is definitely an interesting finding, no doubt. But I do think it would be incredibly fascinating to see how those responses varied across a racial spectrum um, in tandem with a spectrum of people who played games to people who don't play games. And maybe even people who play games frequently, not very frequently, very rarely, or not at all, kind of thing, you know. And and this racial stereotype that they that they kind of pulled out of this research kind of goes both ways, right? Because for whites in this circumstance, it's a lot easier for for them for people to conceive a white kid kind of falling into this fantasy of shooting people in in like an open you know mass shooting type of situation. And for blacks, it might have been easier for people to conceive of a black kid falling into some kind of like gang violence or rough upbringing type of situation when, when you know, the reality of the situations is that everyone fits in somewhere across the population spectrum here. And the, the thing about it is, is that mental illness doesn't, it doesn't get picky about race. It doesn't get picky about who it inflicts. It doesn't get picky about somebody's surroundings or how they were raised or what you know exactly happened to them in their life what their experience is mental illness is out there and it can you know and it can inflict anybody of any race of any gender of anything and it kind of brings me back to this point from earlier where this issue is an incredibly complex issue it is there's so many different faucets of this issue it's not just one cause there's not just one thing that's out there that's that's causing this exact problem, right? So, you know, going back to the research here, they they wanted to bolster their study. And what the research what the researchers did is that they created this database of 204,796 news articles. And these are these news articles were all pulled from 204 different mass shootings that happened in the U.S. Real mass shootings that happened in the U.S. between 1978 to 2018. And what they found in in this when they pulled together all these different articles and looked at them and kind of ran them through the through scanning and and, and what words were popping out in these articles, they found that video games were eight times more likely to be mentioned when the shooting was a school shooting and the perpetrator was a white male as opposed to a black male. And so the uh, and the researchers end this this study by talking about how, you know, media and audiences are they kind of speculate here. They kind of they kind of say media and audiences will are more receptive to alternate causes for mass shootings when the perpetrator is white as opposed to other minority groups, right? And I found that point to be very interesting. And like I said, this was kind of a speculation that was in the research here at the end, kind of in the in the results section. And it's it it's very interesting because you have a majority, which is, you know, the white population, 
and their their media and audiences are are more receptive to find some other reason as to why they are instead of oh the person's white they play video games this is what it is um they're they're looking they're way more oh well they're actually way more open to that they're way more open to having some form of scape scapegoat as opposed to when these you know a minority person's doing it it might be because uh, th- then they're going to start looking at the race specifically and how that all plays in and so it's like i said this this race stereotype kind of goes both ways here it's very interesting and so i i think this research is very important i think it's very it's vital to the way that we move forward in regards to trying to figure out how to stop mass shootings, trying to figure out how to deal with all of this stuff, how, how to have the media deal with this stuff. It's, it's very important to things like that. And it's not just important you know, to exonerate people who play games and make us feel better, because as somebody who plays video games myself and has literally no desire to commit violent acts to anybody, you know, it, it does feel good to sort of be exonerated from this type of thing, this type of you know, criticism, that where video games are being blamed for this type of thing. It, it does. It is nice to have that scientific data to back that up. And so, it, it's and like I said, it's not just to exonerate those people, but also this research is important because it sheds a light on how easy it can be to fall into this this rhetoric or this belief that seeks to solve incredibly complicated problems with one solution. And I mean, I've said this, I feel like this is kind of the theme of this of this episode for sure is, you know, one does not necessarily equal one. It's not a one-to-one thing usually. Massive scale violent problems and violent acts are caused by many different things within a single person if you're looking at somebody, a single person as within these, you know, types of these shootings. And so this type of research kind of sheds a light on how it's not just one problem. It's not just this thing kind of debunks that theory but it also helps to point out how seeking to blame something shirks away all of the other responsibility and possibilities for what the real root causes of something might be right it pulls away the focus from something big and scary like mental illness where there it's just this orb of unknown and uncertainty and you know really hard to talk about really hard to kind of penetrate that orb and figure out what's going on it pulls the focus away from that and it puts it right on these scapegoats that is that is something that's more understandable so like a simple hobby like video games oh that's easy to understand you know violence equals violence if you're consuming violence then this is it and and that kind of leads me to this other point where i think that i think that this point that the media makes is hilarious in a way because it makes these media pundits who tout this idea it makes them look so dumb to be honest because I mean, if we look at it, a huge, massive percentage of the population sits and wa- you know sits on their couch and watches TV shows like Game of Thrones or The Walking Dead or Breaking Bad or NCIS or you know any of the the superhero shows that are on TV, you know Daredevil, Flash, whatever, you know Green Arrow, any of these, right? And many of them are incredibly violent many of them are more violent than many of the video games that are out there to be honest especially when you look at shows like walking dead or breaking bad or or game of thrones right they're you know pretty violent tv shows on top of that if we go with this assumption that the media is making right if we just follow that vein of thought then we have to go on this assumption that well first of all that violent video games make us violent 
All right, right? So we follow that train of thought. Okay, so if that's the case, then that means that we're going to go on this assumption that media has an effect on viewers. And we're going to go with the, with the assumption that media has a very big effect on viewers, a very big effect on viewers and their behaviors more specifically, right? And so if we keep following this ideology back and we look at, say, you know, I don't know, the number of people who binge watch Netflix or do whatever, if, if we followed that all the way back, we would say, okay, so if media has a big effect on viewers' behaviors, we would see so many more issues in society, especially violent issues, but not even necessarily violent issues, but any of these TV shows we watch, right? I mean, if we were to say that, I know all kinds of people who love watching baking shows, right? They watch, they watch cooking shows all the time and stuff, and, and those are they're pretty entertaining shows, to be honest, but they don't go into the kitchen and then turn into master chefs and just want to cook all the time either, right? So if we follow that vein of thinking that the media is putting forward, they're saying, you know, violent video games makes us violent. And, and like I said, you follow that, that ideology all the way back and it just doesn't line up. And, and it's, it's, I just think it's hilarious that they use video games as a scapegoat here, but everything else, everything else, like all of the TV shows we watch, all of the movies we consume, all of the everything else, all of that stuff is, you don't touch that. That's fine. But we're just going to pull video games out of entertainment media and we're going to have that, that one thing as the, as the, you know, the centerpiece of this argument. And so it, it just doesn't make any sense. There's no validity to this argument whatsoever. And this research shows this, right? The research is literally showing this. And I'm not saying that media and content has no effect on viewers. I definitely think it does to some degree, right? But to say that it has such a huge effect on viewers, and especially such a huge effect on viewers' behavior, is complete bunk. It's complete. It's just a lie. And, um, and like I said, the research shows this. So what does what does the implementation of this research looks like? This is something I this is a question I feel like I should have asked on some of these other episodes we've done. Kind of like what it would look like if we used took this research and kind of made something out of it in the real world instead of just reading it, consuming it, moving on, right? So so what does it look like? What does this implementation look like? Well, I think that first of all, I think that it allows us to um, in a functional way weed out the potential causes for things. Um, like mass shootings, I think it allows us to say, well, okay, it's not this. We found that it's not this. There's no way it can be this. You look at correlations and you look at the amount of video games that people in China play and the number of mass shootings they have over there. And it just, there's no, or even violent acts necessarily, um, like within like the, the scale, especially for mass shootings, specifically for mass shootings, the scale is, is totally whack. It does not make any sense. And so, yeah, it allows us to weed out the potential causes and, and begin to shine the light on the real thing like mental illness. And, you know, functionally as well, it also allows people who are in positions to make policy on gun laws and on mental health care, it allows them to make more informed decisions or, or rather, you know, at least gives them the tools to make more informed decisions. Whether or not they actually do is another story, right? But it allows them and it gives them tools to say, okay, we can't just make, we can't just make decisions based on this assumption, this, this baseless, you know, causation, correlation assumption. And furthermore, it allows us to live in a society that is based on the freedom of speech and expression. 
which is vastly, vastly important for our culture, for our the, the, the furthering of science, the furthering of education and freedom within our own society. Because, you know, we have artists and, and video game developers and directors and producers who can all make the content that they want to. They can express themselves in the way that they want to in a society that is based on the freedom of speech and expression. And they can do that without the fear of being policed by some some kind of censorship bureau, right? Because in, in other some other countries in the world, they definitely have that type of censorship bureau, for sure. In some some countries, uh, we you know they make a certain video game that has some blood in it. They have to take they have to release that game in in a kind of a different way for other countries where there is no blood because they don't in that in certain countries they don't allow uh, blood to be shown in video games, right? So it's it's you know it's incredibly lucky for us to have this ability to have here in the United States at least to have this this freedom of speech and expression where we can have um, content that is. Uh, you know, it's it's open. It's it can be whatever it wants to be. It can express itself in whatever way it wants to be. And these artists and these developers and directors of movies and TV shows and all of in art in general and culture can kind of express themselves in the art that they want to in the way that they want to. So, you know, this this and this information and this studies these studies and this this vein of of thought is very important. And it's very important to notice when. The rhetoric is turning into something that is completely baseless and all for the sensationalizing and all for finding a scapegoat. It's important to be able to pull those things out and say, well, I don't know about that. I don't know about that and ask questions yourself. And so I think that's where I'm going to wrap up this episode. I know I kind of rambled a little bit on this one, but it's just something that I'm, I'm passionate about. It's something that I think needs to be continue to be looked at because obviously – the number of mass shootings in in this country is is terrifying and it's it's something that needs to be addressed and it's something that if we're sitting here touting around the ideal that video games are the cause we're just we're not taking steps forward we're taking many 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 steps back and it does have real societal and real cultural impact on the way that people think the way that people see things and the way that people see others so if you enjoyed listening, be sure to follow the podcast on whatever platform you prefer. Like I said earlier, I really, really appreciate it. Uh, Bed Letters on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and other platforms as well. Um, if you found this this episode interesting or any of the other episodes interesting, I really, really appreciate it. Um, if you share it with your family, your friends, anybody you know who loves podcasts or who is interested in psychology, you know, research, data, um, or just, you know... Uh, conjecture about about psychology and the human experience in the mind um and so you know you can follow me on social media as well to stay up to date with the show um i'm on uh, instagram twitter facebook it's just at c ashleman that's at c-a-s-h-l-i-m-a-n and uh really appreciate you listening it really means a lot to me like i said it means the world Um, Thank you so much for tuning in. Love you guys. Have an awesome week, and I will see you next time on Bed Letter.